Today's tale is from the country of Nigeria in West Africa, specifically from the town of Kobam, which is part of the modern-day Nigerian metropolis of Kalaba. The disobedient daughter. Epiyong Edom was a native of Kobam town. He had a very fine daughter whose name was Afyong. All the young men in the country wanted to marry her on account of her beauty, but she refused all offers of marriage in spite of repeated entreaties from her parents as she was very vain and said she would only marry the best-looking man in the country who would have to be young and strong and capable of loving her properly, which meant lavishing her with money and attention. Most of the men her parents wanted her to marry were either old and rich or young and handsome but destitute. So the girl continued to refuse all her suitors, which very much grieved her parents. A skull, who lived in the spirit land, and thought he would like to own her, he went around amongst his friends and borrowed different parts of their bodies, all of the best parts. From one he got a good head with lovely thick hair, another lent him a torso, a third gave him strong arms and a fourth lent him a fine pair of legs. At last he was complete and was a perfect specimen of manhood. He then left the spirit world and went to Kobam market where he saw Afion and admired her very much. About this time, Afion heard that a very fine young man had been seen in the market wearing gold and looking very, very rich. He, supposedly, was better looking than any of the natives. This really piqued her interest. So she went to the market at once, and as soon as she saw the skull, in his borrowed beauty, and borrowed jewellery, she fell in love with him and invited him to her house. The skull was delighted and went home with her. He was introduced to the girl's parents, and he immediately asked her parents' consent to marry their daughter. At first, and wisely so, they refused, as they did not wish her to marry a complete stranger within hours of meeting him. But at last, after much pleading and many tears and threats of running away from Afyong, their only child, they agreed. This was on the condition, however, that the skull should live with them in Kobam with his new bride, which was fine for a few months. And then he said that he wished to take his wife back to his country, that it was customary that his mother should meet his bride, which made sense. He also wanted to go back and get all of his servants and all of his riches so that he could live lavishly. My land, he claimed, is far off, and I do not want anyone else to come with me but my wife, as I cannot possibly separate from her, he said, smiling at her. But anyone else would slow me down, so we must go by ourselves. We must go alone. To this, the girl readily agreed, as he was such a good-looking man, and she wanted to enjoy his riches too. Let your husband go and come back with all his riches and his servants. You do not need to travel to this foreign land. 
However, being very headstrong, Afyong had made up her mind to go, and so she went. They started off the journey together. After they'd been gone for a few days, the father, who had been feeling really unsettled about this stranger since he'd arrived, decided to consult an old wise man at the border of the village. After walking for several days, Afyong and the skull crossed the border between the spirit world and the human country. As soon as they set foot in the spirit land, first of all, one man came to the skull and demanded his legs back, then another his head, next the body, and so on and so on until in a few minutes the skull was left by himself in all its natural ugliness. And at this the girl was very frightened and wanted immediately to return home. But the skull would not allow this and ordered her to go with him. And this frightened her even more. When they arrived at the skull's house, they found his mother, who was a very old woman, quite incapable of doing any work, who could only creep about. Afyong was very sad and missed her family dearly. She regretted not heeding her parents' warnings, not listening to them, not staying with them, and missed them very much. So she tried to become a more caring and less selfish person like her mother. She decided that she would help the skull's mother however best she could, and so she cooked her food and brought her water and firewood and cooked the old woman's dinner every evening. The skull's mother was very grateful for all these little details and all this attention and soon became quite fond of Afyong. One day, the old woman told Afyong that she was very sorry for her because all the people in the spirit land were cannibals and now they had all heard that there was a human being in their country. So they had made plans to come down and kill her and eat her. So the old woman decided to hide her and to help her as she had looked after her so well. She also promised that she would send her back to her country as soon as possible, providing that Afyong promised that in the future she would listen to her parents' wisdom. This Afyong readily consented to. Every day the cannibals came. She claimed that her daughter-in-law was on an errand. Oh, my brothers, she has gone to cut wood. Oh, my brothers, she has gone to fetch water. Oh, my brother, she's in the forest gathering bitter leaves for me. And so the old woman went on and on and on. But always the people promised they would be coming back. Then the old woman had an idea. She sent for the spider, who was a very talented hairdresser and quite impartial in the affairs of man and spirit. She asked the spider to make for Afyong a beautiful dress and do her hair. She then went to Juju with Afyong, Afyong looking so beautiful and lovely, and the Juju being so taken by her beauty, he decided that no matter what the old woman would ask, he would do. And so she asked him to call the winds to come and convey Afyong to her home. He had already agreed and so he had to do so. At first a violent tornado came but the skull's mother sent him away as unsuitable. Then the second wind came, thunder and lightning and rain. 
so the skull's mother sent him away too, as unsuitable. The last wind came with a gentle breeze, and so she told the breeze to carry Afyong safely to her mother's house and embrace her daughter-in-law with a long goodbye. Afyong would have loved for the old woman to come with her, but the skull's mother preferred the land of the spirits. After what seemed like a very short journey, the breeze deposited Afyong softly and gently outside. When the parents saw their daughter, they were glad, as they had for months been mourning her and giving her up as lost. The father came out and spread soft animal skin on the ground all the way to the house. And then he ran and called all the young girls in the village. He called them to come out and keep her company, to come and dance and rejoice. And the feasting and dancing was kept up for eight days and eight nights straight. When the rejoicing was over, the father remembered his position in the land and reported what had happened to the head chief of the town. So the chief then passed a law that parents should never allow their daughters to marry strangers who came from a far away country with no relatives. Afyong's father suggested that she marry a son of a friend of his, a young man called Idara Obon. He was gentle and strong, with his own small but arable plot of land, and she willingly consented to live with him for many years, and they were very happy and had many children. The End Afyong was very self-centered, vain, etc. But she changed. She went through hardship and she changed. She didn't remain the same young woman. And she was genuine about it. She wasn't expecting anything. She probably had hoped to go home one day somehow, but she just decided to serve the old woman and and be kind and, you know, do her best, which was so admirable from her. And I really love the relationship with the old woman because old women in fairy tales and folk tales and things like that are usually depicted as witches or useless or cruel or gossips. They're pretty much negative in their representation. This one was none of that. And I really liked really this part. She was kind and cunning, you know, she went to the juju man and, and knew what would get her what she wanted. And she didn't do it in order to escape she did it because she genuinely liked Afyong and wanted her to be happy, even if it would cost her to not, not have help anymore in the house. And I love that, you know, that part of the story is brilliant. I may have embellished it a tiny bit, but the, the spirit is there, that idea that the old woman was there to help Afyong. Also, another part that I love was the emphasis on Afyong's father, um, Ephraim Adam, the way he loves his daughter, it's just brilliant, you know. <laughs> I love reading that African father's love for his child. It's brilliant. I loved reading that. I know many uh, of my male friends who are African adore their children, but I don't read, see, or watch enough stories that reflect this reality. It's always the absent father figure that is repeated constantly to the point where you think that that is just the norm and that's just 
the way things are, but there are a lot of present dad, not just physically present, but emotionally present as well. And so it was nice to read in, in an old folk's tale. It was really nice to read this. It was refreshing. Um, yeah, so that's today's story. I hope you liked it. Please don't forget to leave a review. Um, the more reviews I get and ratings, the better for the podcast. And as usual, have a great week.